Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey kids, I'm going to get real for a minute. Thursday was the Jewish observance of Tisha B'Av, which, in short, is a day of mourning that commemorates the destruction of the first and second temples. During the service at our synagogue, I had a chance to speak with a friend about the complexity of mourning. We think of mourning as sorrow and pain, but it is also anger and laughter and sometimes even joy. Often we feel these emotions all at the same time while we dance between memory and moving forward. It could not have been more fitting then that I returned from this service to edit this episode. In chapter 11 of Melting Stones, the reader finally learns what became of Evie's cats, and as you'll hear mentioned, all four of us have lost cats not so long ago. We had a 10-minute conversation about it on mic, and I left it in. Because in a way, the sorrow and anger and laughter and pain of mourning are what this chapter is all about. So if you've lost someone, if you've lost a pet, and you don't want to hear about our recent losses, you might choose to sit this one out, or at least skip to about the 12-minute mark. And no matter where you start this episode, no matter what step you're on in that dance of memory and movement, I hope these words help you feel a little less lonely. Because one of the other things Tisha B'Av reminds us of is that we have to face destruction together if we hope to rebuild. Take care, y'all. And remember, we're talking about our cats, so we're definitely going to swear. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter 11 of Melting Stones. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's cry about cats. (laughs) That's the one we went with. Okay. Evie is sleeping and draws power from her stone alphabet because she is basically trashed. She wakes up and is very excited to be leaving the island only for Rosethorn to tell her, no, we're not leaving yet because we're evacuating the island. Rosethorn asks Evie if she can slow Flair and Carnelian. And when Evie's like, nah, I don't think so. Rosethorn's like, well, worth a shot. Go to Oswin's, help them pack. Nori is not happy to see Evie and Luvo, but she lets Luvo take over the management of her younger brothers. (laughs) 
Evie is put in charge of bathing Miriam, who runs out to the pond, and Evie chases her and realizes that Flair and Carnelian are about to resurface there. Yes. Fun times. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. I guess we need to talk about cats. About some cats. Although Brittany, Brittany seemed like she was excited about something. No, I was just going to say I would go first because I didn't have very many. But if we want to talk about cats, we can talk about cats. Because we, we, we did open by cats. saying that we would cry about cats. So I think we have to cry about cats. I yeah. think we have to cry about some cats. So, everybody, how did you feel about the cats? I was very, very sad. I was wondering where the cats have been. I thought they were at Winding Circle, but they are not at Winding Circle, which I should have figured that out because they were at a war. I'm like, cats aren't going to live through a war. Yeah. The cats are dead. I'm very sad. I did not like that. I marked it as a dislike. (laughs) Yeah, I was... I was gonna ask like what your thoughts on the cats had been up to this point yeah I thought they were at winding circle like they haven't really mentioned the cats which is kind of weird because the whole book that we saw Evie in last it was nothing but cats and now it's like hardly any mentions of cats but maybe it'd be kind of weird to have the cats with you on the boat so Maybe they're just a winding circle. It's fine. But it makes way more sense now as to why she hasn't really mentioned the cats because she is sad. I would be too. I'm I'm very sad. It's very sad. I feel it necessary to point out that we get halfway through this book before Pierce tells us what happened to the cats. The the cats died. Um, (sighs) So... I just, I I want to, an observation, I suppose. Evie talks about, like, I like animals more than people, and Mm -hmm. there's no point in trying to save anyone, because I couldn't, I couldn't save the animals back in Zhongxi, like, I'm not gonna be able to do it here, so fuck the people too. But the whole avoiding animals and like trying to avoid getting attached do you know how hard it's been for me personally not to like literally kick every single animal just nope go the fuck away get off me like after sebastian died i have just been like i don't want any of y'all go the fuck away forever please yeah just be alone and i was just like ah that's unfortunately incredibly relatable yeah, I I was kind of that way for a little while too after Jazz died. I eventually had to break down and let Malia get another cat because she was way upset. And I was like, I I don't want to get another cat. I'm still very sad, but Malia is needing another cat. So I guess I have to get another one and I didn't want to, but uh, that's of a pet or just very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we we all lost a cat fairly close to one another didn't we yeah we all did yep yeah that goes all within a year hooray but yeah <laughs> no, just, <laughs> it, it's one of those like that conversation hit real fucking deep for me yeah, yeah. 
no really I 100% relate to that for like the first six weeks after when so much is like pet together animals it's like yeah. no get off me go away I don't want you I'm starting to get to the point where like I'll pick up and love on the other animals because it's not their fault they don't understand yeah also I'm like don't don't just get off me go away yeah yeah we had an interesting experience when Pounce died. As previously mentioned, Janie does not like other cats. So having the two of them living together for a year or however long it was, was not the most pleasant of experiences. They would constantly attack each other, mostly Janie to Pounce, but not always. But then after he had been gone for like a week, she started sitting in all of his favorite places and just yowling oh so we're pretty sure that she misses him yeah she's like i hated him but i loved him <laughs> we're pretty sure that if we got another cat that she would just rail on it and we don't really want to deal with the f- cat fights the literal cat fights yeah but we're also pretty sure that Janie's lonely yeah especially like if both of us are gone yeah graz has just decided that he's gonna start running around the house and screaming oh good not that he's screaming at anybody else he's only screaming at me so it's kind of like our 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 thought process is you miss sebastian you're sad about sebastian sebastian screamed all the time let me scream at you so you won't be so sad oh my god i told chris the other day that i feel like pounce is possessing janie because she's taken on like certain characteristics that he had he was very vocal and she was not particularly vocal but she's a lot more vocal now yeah and she's taken to biting us which she never did before, but Pounce used to bite us. Here's the big one. He used to suckle on blankets. Uh, <laughs> like anything plush. So it started with like a sweatshirt of Chris's, but we also have like two or three like really plush blankets. And if that blanket was laying on the bed when I was going to bed, then he'd come and he'd like jump up on my chest and nuzzle at me for a couple minutes. And then he'd turn around and be like, well, hello there. <laughs> what brings you to town? <laughs> go, <laughs> he'd go over to this blanket and just start kneading it and then start suckling it and just go to town on this blanket for like 10 minutes. And that's not an exaggeration. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. And Janie was recently suckling on one of Pounce's blankets. And I was like, okay. Are you possessed by the spirit of our other cat? What is going on? (laughs) Kind of sounds like it. So maybe maybe she's doing the same thing that Raz is. Maybe it's like, well, the other cat's gone, so I have to take up the mantle. Mm -hmm. You missed this specific thing, right? We're just going to do that one thing. And you won't be sad anymore. and It'll be fine. I'm just going to bite your ankles. (sighs) gonna scream at you as you move from room to room losing Clouseau was hard I loved him I didn't have him since he was a baby Allie did you know, it, was, it was rough because he'd been around he was a good cat unlike our other bitch of a cat Millie <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but he was a sweet boy. And I like recently heard something kind of sad on on Reddit, and I guess maybe not like spoiler warning, like like tr- maybe like a trigger warning or something. But it was something very distressing to me that I didn't think about. It didn't occur to me because I I did it, but something that um was really distressing. This is off Reddit, so you know who knows if it's true or not. But it was like a tip that said like. When a person passes away, or when an animal passes away, and you know it's it's been part of the family around people, and you should let that animal see the body, so then they understand that that person is dead, not gone. They didn't leave them, but that they passed away. Because if you don't do that, uh, some animals will think that their owner, their best friend, the person that cared for them, that they cared for the most, left them. I had one of the girls pass away while I was here. And Sarah didn't go check on them for two days after I told her to make sure to feed them. And so when I came home, the only rat I had left had been stuck there with her sibling. Oh my gosh, that poor rat. Yeah. This is one of the many reasons why Variola went with me to work went with me everywhere is because she did not like to be left alone yeah if you do that be careful you don't might leave them in there for two days <laughs> no I, I i am still so furious about that yeah and it's been how long yeah i mean it's pretty fuck i mean i remember when i was a kid when we had dogs die if possible, we buried them ourselves. My dad used to like show the body to the other dogs. Yeah, that was the other part of it. Yeah. We did not do that for Pounce and Janing. And it might have been a good thing to do it, but I think it's not always an option. Like we could have gotten the body, but we opted to have him cremated because we didn't really have an easy place to bury him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but that's that's the other hand of that is, you know, for the animals, too, because they don't, you know, just think that their pack mate just disappeared like they as fucked as it is. It's it's like that they have some sense of closure. And this Reddit thread just had an absolute like it was like thousands of replies of people talking about how sad their animals were. And it was like the most devastating thing I've I'd yeah. read in like a month. I don't know about like wolves or like wild cats. I guess most wild cats don't live in groups anyway, but elephants have mourning rituals. I believe crows also like, like this has been observed. And I think I've heard that part of the mourning rituals for elephants is that they will actually like make pilgrimage to the site of where their like friends and family i guess as it were had had died but yeah there are animals that have been observed to mourn sad times sad 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 stuff yeah well now that uh we've brought down the whole room does anybody have anything they like look it doesn't bless things unless it's with fleas or maggots (laughs) (laughs) i find that really funny I love that Lakik has come back because this is like the god that Briar prays to, at yeah. least in the early books. Yeah. And just 
I love the like just added, oh yeah, by the way, this is that God Briar place too. So speaking of Briar, I do genuinely love how much like there's that that reminiscing aspect in this chapter. Specifically, like he didn't fool me. He wanted uh, me to have something nice of my own, something that was all new. I never let on that I understood, of course, Briar would just start hitting the air like he was pushing me away he'd say girls always making boohoo about stuff (laughs) i like the comment about like i had to get you an alphabet made of stone to like beat the letters into your head yeah that was funny other kids get a book or a scroll to learn their letters i had to get you an alphabet made of stone so your letters would make a dent in that stubborn head of yours he's one to talk yeah right 100 percent like i needed an alphabet of plants so that the roots could break through his skull yeah listen pot meat kettle (laughs) i literally just typed that out i i looked Uh, up right as it came up (laughs) it wasn't because i find his personality charming But I mean, at least we know now, like, kind of why he's important, I guess. Murtide has his uses. Yeah. They're not very many, but. I don't know. I think Murtide's kind of cute. I love the way he, like, fusses over all of the water. Yeah. Oh, you poor little puddle. (laughs) This is also a dislike, but we could, we'll probably wind up touching on it later. The rich only look after themselves. They don't care if the poor are left to die. Let, let's just talk about how like real that is. Because it's directly talking about how uh, many villagers came to those with wagons and begged them to take their children. I could see that there was room for at least one or two little ones. Still many of those in wagons refused. Some held them off. Some held off the others with sticks and whips. But for real, that is where we're at in the world, and it's real fucked. I feel like it also needs to be mentioned, though, that even though Evie is talking about how the rich only look after themselves, she is doing the same thing in this chapter. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, the rich only look after themselves. Immediately after, she told Rose Thorn, like, yeah, we should just leave the entire island to like, die in a volcano. They're lucky that I told them anything. They can figure it out them damn selves. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Just lift the island and just move it over. It's fine. We can't do nothing. Peace. <laughs> we out. <laughs> and that's that's the last of mine. I just... I had to start with my favorite, though. <laughs> Brittany, um, you said you only had a few. Yeah, I don't have very many, so I guess I'll go ahead and go. Go. Um, my first one is when Evie first wakes up. She's surprised that they're still there. She tells Rose Thorn, I can pack us in two shakes of a goat's tail. Why did you even wait? You could have tied me to my horse and taken me down to the ship. You've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So funny. So funny. Um, my next one is when Evie is telling Nori, I was told to come make myself useful. If you want me to go away, fine. But Rose Thorn sent me to help. And uh, Nori cocks her head and says, and you brought your toy rock for comfort. 
And Lumo pokes his head out and says, I am of use in my own way. <laughs> like he just pokes his head out. It's so funny to me, just the imagery. Like, I'm hey. useful. Hey. Don't talk shit about me. I can hear you. I'm, I'm right fucking here, yo. Listen, I was a mountain back in my day. Right? <laughs> Show me some respect. My last one is when Evie is trying to give the little girl a bath. The little girl tries to run away. And so Evie decides, oh, well, she's dirty anyway. So she grabs her and just throws her into the top. Like, same. Like, if you ain't going to cooperate, I'm just going to take you up and drop you in this thing. Because I do not have time for this bullshit. You need to take a bath. Get in the fucking bath. That's my last one. I got very excited. I threw my phone accidentally. <laughs> Listen, I, <laughs> just like I, the kid into the tub. I I was gonna say, like, as a parent, I am uh, sure that resounds with you. <laughs> yes. Luckily, my baby. I tell her, "Do you want a bath?" And she goes, "Yeah." And she runs into the bathroom and she wants to take a bath. Oh, Leah. I don't know, her getting older, she's not wanting to take a bath as often. She wants to go play. Like, girl, you gotta get in the bath. You gotta go take a bath. You smell bad. What I'm hearing from you is that Malia is Fryer and Zania is Evie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Malia used to love taking baths. It was, it was always like, okay, I want a bath. I want a bubble bath. Blah, 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 blah. And that's like, do I have to? Yes. There's other things to do. Yeah, I could be watching YouTube. I could be playing outside. I could yes. be doing all these other things. There's other shit to do. Those things will be there still. It'll take you two seconds to take a bath. Jump no, in, scrub real quick, wash your hair, rinse off, get out. And guess what? YouTube will still be there. No, well, uh -huh. it's going to disappear while I'm in the shower. What are you fucking talking about? All videos will be deleted off of YouTube. <laughs> no. I get oh, my cocoa <laughs> melon is gone. Oh. That was my last one. I think Goodwin should go first because I have discussion questions. Okay, I'll make it quick. Evie being woken up by Rose Thorn, she felt a rude kick to her <laughs> bed, which is an interesting. Like, was it just sharp and sudden? Like, is that what made yeah. it, was it? Was it rude because it woke her up? You know, I think yes. it was sharp and sudden. I was gonna say I one hundred percent believe it was just a a very right. quick sudden unexpected get the fuck up get up now it's worth noting it's worth noting this is the second time rose thorn has kicked heavy in like three chapters yeah right i just feel like she was rose thorn was nice after like the words she said were, were nice like i wish i could let you sleep but you've had a full day and two nights we're running out of time and half this village isn't even packed i I don't like, know. I guess you can see that being mean, but it to me, it didn't sound like as mean as like, hey, get up. You, you've been sleeping too long. I was going to say, like, I, I, I feel like there is sarcasm there. Like, I would let you sleep. Mm. <laughs> I could I could see that. Fucking oh, age, get up. I, I didn't interpret that way, probably because I don't feel like, like, I've been listening to the audio and I mm. don't feel like the actress delivers it sarcastically in the audio she seems pretty sincere yeah uh, especially but, after uh, everything that happened to Abby. like yeah yeah 
I kind of wonder if like this is just the only way she can get Evie up because Evie is like so passed out. I went to a conference in college with a friend of mine and it took like three of us to wake her up because she slept so soundly and we Damn. we literally had to like resort to like kicking her and like like semi abusing her because we could not get her to wake. So wow. My sister sleeps like that too. Evie's stuffing food in her face because she knows, like, while being lectured, like, she knows she's got to get it in. She places a lot of value on food. Me too. You gotta. The Benny Hill moment with fucking uh, Evie and Miriam trying to get her in the tub. Evie used to be a street kid. She knows how to get around and, like, fight and stuff. But, like, this kid gave her trouble. Mm-hmm. Just like, like she eventually tosses her in there, gets her in there, starts putting soap on her. And then she just fucking headbutts her in the face. And then like slams her own hand into her face. <laughs> yeah. And all I could hear was the fucking Benny Hill music going while she's like running around and like Evie's cursing in every language she knows with soap burning her eyeballs. And she's like running off and Evie's like, fuck, where the fuck did you go? Chasing this little girl out all the way to the pond. Yep. Yeah. And then it goes, oh shit, the pond is poison. Do not scare the child into the pond. It was a very sudden... I think maybe I, I saw it goofier than it actually was, but I was like... I really like that, though, especially if you can, like, add in all of the other people who are in this house. Because we've seen at least four others, yeah. And there's probably more than four. And so just, like, in and out of all of these different rooms and all of the other crazy crap that's going on. Yeah, that would be Dory screaming throughout, all the kids running around, Luvo sitting in a corner, trying to be helpful. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's like most of the scenes of them going through rooms and there's just chaos. And then one scene is like Luvo just sitting there and they poke ass in front of Luvo. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought that scene was very funny because she, she got her ankles broken by like a child. She's not that much older, but like, you know, just fucking like dip. Like fucking... Right after that, she says, I'm going to have to tie her. I will tie her up if I have to, which I feel is like a little bit of rose thorn rubbing off on her. Yep. Instead of tying him up and putting him in the well, it's tying her up and putting her in the bathtub. I'm making connections with the well, bathtub. I mean, they're both water. So, I, you know. Yeah. I have to say though, one more time, I wish Briar was on this trip because this would be amazing. To have Briar trying to bathe Perfect. this child. It would be awful <laughs> for him. Like the scene in Street Magic where Rose Thorne's like, "You trying to teach manners." Oh no, don't mind me, carry on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. But just even like one step further. I do just love that mental image. I just want to see Briar have to bathe a child that doesn't want to be bathed. I didn't write this down, but before I forget, I feel like we need to talk about Luvo. How he uh gets the boys to hot. Oh, I mean, maybe we we haven't seen the aftermath of it, but I just love that she chases Miriam out to the pond, and then we just hear this "ohm" from the house, <laughs> and this is apparently how he uh, gets the boys to mind him. Listen, sometimes you just got to use the mom voice. <laughs> sometimes you just got to meditate and hope for the best. 
I was gonna say, like, mom voice terrifies small children and drunks. It's a wonderful thing. I definitely think that this is Lupo's mom voice. Heavy Stone Alphabet e- equals Briar's Shackan. She mentions tidal waves in here, and they have their own little name, Gadolgas. Nice little insert. We've met Treek. Treek, the furniture destroyer. Yes. And he is described as a boy whose hair went in every direction but down, which is a delightful description. And I have to ask if any of you knew this was Treek the minute he came on page. I I did not catch it. 100%. (laughs) He is too chaotic to have proper hair grooming techniques. Yes. Yeah, no, like as soon as I was like, I bet. <laughs> Everyone we meet has had a really hard life. This is, we, it, we're just reminded of it when Nori talks about Miriam and why she needs a bath. Because Evie's like, well, why are you going to bother giving her a bath? Because she's just going to get dirty again. And she's like, yeah, well, all this stuff happened when the pirates came and she has nightmares about it. And then she wets the bed. So Unless you want to be riding with her, then she needs a bath. And I just poor Miriam. That's rough. My magic comes from rocks. I might as well be one myself as far as stubborn goes. I said I have discussion questions, so this is getting into the more discussion part. All right. One of them is Murtide in a previous chapter. The chapter titled I Fuss with Fusspot, Murtide tells Evie basically like you don't care about anyone. And he's being a real dick in this chapter, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I feel like Evie has been through so much that she has to put herself first, that she hasn't really had time to be able to grow out of it. And maybe it's too late for her to grow out of it. I don't know. But her whole life, she's basically had to put herself first. So can we really blame her? Sometimes yeah. you got to carp, carp, carp that word words words and like kind of just deal with shit as it comes and just be like all right well we're not gonna do that we're not gonna think about it like that we're just gonna continue on our happy merry way i mean she's also 14 and 14 year olds in general don't care about other people that's true yeah but the point that she has been through so much shit in her life she's very similar to tris in this way until very recently, she hasn't really been around anyone that's worth caring about. Right. Um, although we do see in street magic that there's the like old lady that lives in the cave system near her that she cares yeah. about. So she has been known to care about people to some degree. I was going to say with the war, though, like I am sure that did not help right right may have burned what little compassion she had out of her yep probably especially with her cats being killed yeah i would not be surprised if we talk about this in later sections but i have to bring up the whole builders and destroyers thing shout out to jim ferguson because he mentioned in a facebook comment that there was a scene coming up that he really liked that was a conversation between Evie and Rosethorn. I don't know for certain, but I think that this is it. Um, it's a pretty iconic. Please confirm or deny if it was this. 
Yes. And this is this is a pretty iconic scene. What I think is really interesting is I've read comments online in the past where people talk about Rose Thorne being really harsh and like mean to Evie here. I didn't really get that impression. Um, to me, I think she's very blunt, but I don't feel like she's mean. And I was curious what y'all thought of it. I didn't find her being mean. I feel like she's trying to make a point. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of like when Nico was talking to Triss when she was first trying to like control her powers. If you don't shape up, you can go down this dark path. And right, right. I feel like that's kind of what Rose Thorne is doing with Evie here. Is like, hey, you need to start showing some compassion because I, you could go down a really dark path too if you don't. So I don't know. I didn't find it harsh. Yeah. I find I, it teaching moment personally yeah but sometimes teenagers need that like like, tough love lost yeah you You can't coddle your children forever sometimes you have to use tough love yeah because like you said this is the time like teenagers if you try to be subtle about stuff they don't always get it you have to tell them directly and Rosalind's not a particularly subtle person anyway no yeah yeah like I said I feel like she's being very blunt here but she's also being like very clear and like yeah. look this is this is the position that you're in the way you're behaving you're turning into somebody who destroys the world you're turning into a monster yeah i think that there's evidence that rose thorn is right because like we said evie is complaining about the rich people who don't care about other people and don't look after anyone but themselves while at the same time she is taking action to not look after anyone but herself yeah i don't know what the people who have said that they think she's mean i don't know what kind of things that they've gone through in her life so maybe to them it reads differently i also think though that it's a testament to pierce's ability to write in such a way that builds empathy for eddie yeah people being ready to kind of jump to her defense no matter what admittedly she has been through a lot one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. And I'm going to go first because I already said mine. My theme is hypocrisy. Evie needs to figure it out. This is the moment where Evie complains about other people not caring about people, but at the same time is not caring about people. I feel like I cheated again this week because mine is taking it from the title of this. And mine is helping out. Yay! Yay! They're I'm not doing a very good job of helping out, but they're trying their damnedest. <laughs> Better than letting um, Nori do it all by herself. Yeah. Right? yeah. Even though Nori acts like she would prefer that. Every time I hear her name, it, it reminds me of the twins, like combined Nia and Jory. Jory. Oh, you're combined. right. I never thought of that, but you're absolutely correct. Every time I hear her name, I'm like, no, these are not the twins. <laughs> Different book. Honestly, Nori, in my mind, is Nani from Lilo and Stitch. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. quite frankly, Miriam is Lilo. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but there are later, there are scenes and later chapters where I will come back to that idea. Yeah, no, like, as soon as you said it, I'm like, yes. Well, you're saying that Jayat has a crush on her from previous- Does that make so David? David. I love David. No wonder I love Jayat so much. David is a Disney prince and no he one is. can argue with me on that. I, I am not going to argue that at all. I agree a thousand percent. David is the best. And quite frankly, they do have similar personalities. Yes. Well, because David is like remarkably chill. Yes. And He's that's one of these situations too. Just like yeah. yeah, that's what makes him such a great character. And yeah. it's what makes him so perfect for Nani. So, you know, like I said earlier that my Disney movie idea for this was Moana because volcanoes. 
but clearly the real it's answer Lilo is Lilo Stitch. Stitch. It's Lilo and Stitch. Stitch. That's right. I mean, it also takes place on an island, so there we go. Let no. the record show that Goodwin is looking at his conspiracy board. I'm going to make yes. it fit. You figure something out, Goodwin? The volcano is a federal government trying to split up Lilo and her sister. Uh, uh. <laughs> the, it's the metaphor. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Tamara Pierce did it again. She gave us the plot to Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch, she did it again. She can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> she can't. I think it should be noted that I'm pretty sure Lilo and Stitch is older than this book. No, she no, let's, let's not look it up. Let's just keep going. <laughs> no, no, I gotta look it up. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch is 2002. So this is the point where she lost her powers, is what you're telling me. <sighs> no. <sighs> Evie going down with uh, Flair and Carnelian and being smushed up against the walls was a precursor to the uh, Ocean Gate uh, submersible disaster. All right, let's move on. Let's. Be <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let's let's Wait go. Wait, did it's you have a theme other than no? Nope, I had no theme. Only conspiracies. That's all I have in here right now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if I had to come up with one, it would be uh, tie your children up before tossing them in the tub. That's that's what, that's the overarching yeah. theme of this. Yeah. I, I love your good thought that was, I was going to say, I, I feel like that one would be better fit for a magic, though. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Goodwin's theme is throwing people in water. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. Or yeah. trying to not, trying to avoid getting into water. You know, we've got well tossing and bathtub tossing and even like Murtai acid, doing acid whatever water he's doing. tossing too, yeah. like trying not to fall. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Indy, you got a theme? I do. I do. <laughs> Stubbornness. Mm, that's a good one. Well, that's a stubborn. Yeah, we've got True. Evie versus Nori, Evie versus Rosethorn, Evie versus Miriam, Miriam versus Nori. Nori yep. versus the world. <laughs> Lilo versus Nani. Oh, wait. Yeah. Stitch versus the federal government. three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I'm fairly certain we're all gonna say the same one. I think so. Shower. What? what? Take a shower. <laughs> yes. Is this where we talk more about builders and destroyers? This is where yes. we talk yep. builders and destroyers. I'm gonna be honest here like i definitely need that reminder sometimes actually wrote something not too terribly long ago and i feel like i should probably share this because it's related my feet know how to run my calves learn to bear my weight for hours my thighs know blood and carnage my back knows not to break under the weight placed upon my shoulders my ribs know bruises and fractures. My arms know the lack of warmth. 
My hands know violence. My heart knows hatred. My mouth knows cutting words. My eyes have seen pain. My ears have heard such hateful things. My brain has known unkind thoughts for enemies, friends, and self. And yet, and yet I still choose compassion. I choose love. It does not come naturally, but every day I still choose kindness. Kindness is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign that a cycle of violence has been broken. It is hard to wake up every day and not choose violence. (laughs) This particular thing has stuck out with me since the first time I read it. We all need that reminder sometimes that it's easy to choose to wake up and let the things that have happened to you define you in ways that aren't good. Yeah, I don't think I could say it any better. I guess I would add that I think of like literal building and destroying of things, right? Actually, I'm thinking of Back to the Future 3. There's a scene where a train gets driven off a cliff. To do this scene, they built this model train. There's a behind the scenes featurette that I watched years ago where they talk about how long it took them to build this model train versus how long it took them to destroy it. It reminds me of the sea in Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Stitch builds a huge city and Lilo's like, oh, look, San Francisco. And then he destroys it. Yeah. (laughs) There is something to said about destroyers, though. There is a saying of you must destroy to create. Yeah. Um, Which, it kind of reminds me of like forest fires. Um, I was going to say, we saw that in Daja's book. Yep. There are certain things that only come from that, that destruction and fire brings destruction, but it also brings life. It just depends on how you use that destruction yep. in your life. Because you can either go down a bad path and it's like, oh, I've been through horrible things, so I might as well go ahead and just be horrible. Or you can spin that to positivity and be like, you know what? I went through all these horrible things, but fuck that. I'm going to do something good with it. Depends on how you use it, I guess. I know what it's like on the other side. I don't want to be that person. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been thinking a lot of my, about my own mortality recently, and it's not something that's necessarily fun to think about, obviously, but it did make me think about like myself and how I've lived my life. Like if I were to just like die tomorrow, I feel that I have left more good in the world than bad. And that brings me peace. I feel like I have been a builder rather than a destroyer. I, I've always been pretty like, this is some dark times as a teenager. Pretty depressed. But um like thinking about my own mortality and stuff hasn't ever really been hard for me. I kind of made peace with that. And looking back and like seeing what I've done, I'm at peace. Like even if I were to just not be here tomorrow. I feel like I've done good. So it's 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 been a little kind of cathartic reading this today. Ooh, I wasn't expecting this chapter to be like so heavy feeling. All right, Brittany, Goodwin has read ahead, but you haven't. The chapter title is The Quartz Trap. Got any ideas? Quartz Trap. 
Well, at the end of chapter 11, she's going back into the ground. So, and there's quartz in the ground. <laughs> so I'm sure there's some kind of trap with said quartz. She's going to try to trap carnelian and flare in it, I guess, which was not, would not be a very good idea because then that's going to bring up more power. I don't know. Because you can't trap energy in quartz. That's bad. Can I tell her? Like, can I just make the noise? Can I be like, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell her that she was wrong. It's actually like the parent trap where Carnelian and uh, Flare switch places with Evie so that Evie can talk to the other lava people and make them stop. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I forgot how much I love predictions. <laughs> yeah. That would have been my original prediction regardless. Like it... We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 12 of Melting Stones, the quartz trap. Luvo sat, his approving glow vanished, but I still felt all that wonderful warmth. I hugged it to me. Did Luvo's mountain feel like this when he lived inside it? He said the mountain was happy when he was gone, but I couldn't really believe it was. I heard someone approach. It was one of Nori's boys. Please tell him, the boy pointed at Luvo, who had, curled on, who had curled into a purple and green lump, that we packed all our things and put them in the cart, and that we helped Nori and the little ones, and we carried what Nori told us to all to the cart. If and he asks, if and he don't ask, don't tell him we're even alive. If he forgets us, that's fine. But we done like he bid. And Nori says that if you want soup, you ought to come because we're leaving at sun high. He turned to go, then looked back at me. He ever done you like that? With the noise and the house shaken? I nodded and tried not to giggle. Several times. And you still be with him? You mages as God touched. I aims to get as far from him as the seal put me. He trotted back to the house. I watched Luvo thinking about those times in Yanjing that he had used his mountain voice on Briar and me. We had been awed and curious, not terrified. Well, maybe we had been a little terrified the first few times, or just deeply impressed. It's hard to tell the difference between so much awe and fear. Luvo uncurled. I have done a thing. He wobbled as he sat up. I felt pulses like earth shocks travel through me. They didn't pass through the ground, though they somehow moved in the stones in the ground. A long, groaning shock dragged at me. Another shock followed. It dumped Luvo and me on our sides. Another dragging shock came next, and a last bump that threw me and Luvo in the air. We landed with a thump. The strange part was, we were the only two things that moved. Nothing else did. Not one piece of grit or stick. What did you do? I cried in our magic as I grabbed onto a nearby tree and stared at Luvo. Aloud, I said, that was like an earthquake, but in the magic, and it bounced you too. Sooner or later, Flair and Carnelian would have found the end of the quartz bed, he told me. You said it yourself, so I arranged for them never to find it. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. 
You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I'm pretty sure that Brittany would not lament the loss of Coco Melon. Probably not. No. Luckily, she has really moved away from Coco Melon, so. Oh, yeah. Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> Those creepy fucking dead eyes. Yeah. It just. I remember when TK played you the Nick Let's Go song about the ghost being haunted by the family from Coco Melon. Yeah. <laughs> and I have never seen Coco Melon, but your reaction was just so visceral. It's terrifying. It's so terrifying. Listen, they've got dead eyes. They do. Like That's what he eyes. says. That's what he says in the song. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.